0: Hello, this is episode 276 of the Purple Psychology Podcast. I'm Nisha Reddy. So this podcast is on what's wrong with how we teach Irish. This is a topic I've been feeling kind of passionate about for a while. I have notes for some very serious, heavy podcasts, so I thought I'd do something a little bit lighter. My own journey with Irish, there was a time in primary school where I was exceptionally good at Irish. But like many people with dyslexia, we can really struggle with this because we're struggling to learn English and we're expected to learn Irish simultaneously. And I always say we make it look like the alphabet's the same and they're not at all. I still feel quite aggrieved about the fact that I went to the bilingual University of Ireland in um, Galway, and my degree certificate doesn't have the father of my name. I find that quite humorous. By the time I landed at Galway University I had really Lost my Irish and felt completely intimidated by it. And I was struggling so much to navigate my way around the university because all of the signage was predominantly only in Irish and not in English. I have this vague recollection that I even ended up with the wrong induction talk for my degree because I couldn't read where I was supposed to be. And I think large parts of it were actually in Irish. And there was a point during my degree where I thought it would be really good for me to go and learn Irish. And so I went into the Irish department and tried to do that, but the classes were just too intimidating for me. Later on, I would meet up with friends and I would hang out in the Shomer Grailga, which was a kind of an an Irish pub. and I would really enjoy that and sort of absorb some of it. But I, I really remember working with a student a good few years ago now, and struggling to teach them English, and realizing the very rare fact, quite a while later, which was that they actually dreamt in Irish. That Irish was their first language, and it's very strange in a country that that is such a rare concept. There is so few people who would dream in Irish as their first language on this land. It's a a language that's taught to be translated almost. For government documents. It's enforced as a need for state jobs. There was a time where you couldn't get your Leaving Cert without it, but it's never been a natural process. One of the websites that I'm going to include in the description is actually going to show you that there are four dialects of Irish in the country, and the pronunciations are significantly different. Personally, I don't really like Ulster Irish, and it's a lot more like Scottish Gaelic in its sound. And I've always found it a little bit harsh. The pronunciation of myself is probably closer to Munster Irish. I personally feel that Leinster Irish really is just, you know, translating it. That many of the beautiful expressions that I really grew to to like when I was in Galway were Connacht Irish. And I was fortunate to know people who really loved Irish. In Dublin in particular, there are huge political connotations to Irish. And I think this is one of the reasons why I would be a little bit careful about signing off material with a lot of Irish. Because if you are a musician or you're an artist, possibly a writer, which I'm starting to get towards that bracket, or if you're from a Gaelic area, there's a different connotation in Irish. It's a it's a cultural connotation, but for many people in Dublin, it's a political connotation, and it's not one that I want to be associated with on either side of it. So when I was really good at Irish, the reason for this was that it was. The parent of one of the teachers in school, I went to quite an unusual primary school, and second primary school, where a lot of the parents were involved in teaching classes and they would come in and teach subjects that they were passionate about. And so I had this sort of doting grandfather who was completely passionate about Irish and Irish culture and the Irish language and really brought it to life. In recent times, I've been injecting that passion back into myself and there's a number of articles that I'm going to share. They really show the beauty of what we've lost in so many ways and also share the progression because Irish is not used and when I was growing up I would hear it on, on the radio particularly at my grandfather's house and I would understand a lot more than I would be able to speak but there really was a divide at that stage between the people who used the language and the people who didn't. I have found it entertaining, probably not the way to look at this, but i found it entertaining, that a lot of very narrow-minded parents have chosen to send their children to Gwail Skulls because, you know, they won't be in school with the blacks. And the irony is that many of the African people who have made their home in Ireland are brilliant linguists and they're actually much better at Irish than the Irish students are. They have a natural flair for languages and for sounds and for the musical quality of it. And so I was very delighted to see that one of the biggest people now on TG 4 which is our Irish language radio and television station, which has really brought the Irish language to life and made it more accessible. That was kind of what was missing when I was younger. And one of the predominant people, being figures in that, is a black woman. And so we have now had the expression added to the Irish language, and I'll share the article in the description, for Dún Tvát, which is a person of colour. So I'm quite shocked with that. And it really does rebel against the narrow-mindedness that has taken place. But there are many beautiful expressions. I've been following the Instagram of a musician that I really like, Colin Cohen McImore, and I'll share his Instagram as well. And he quite often shares these expressions with photos, and I really love this. And it often makes me go off and, and search to see what it what it's about. I think next door's dogs have a sort of a honing beacon for whenever it is I want to record a podcast. So I'm not sure how much of their barking is going to come out in this. So one of the expressions that he shared recently was this idea of crow triacht, which is magic mist. which is this really unique, fluffy sunrise mist that we get in Ireland, particularly in autumn. It's very distinctive. And there was another photograph he shared um, a little while ago and he put the expression I love Berta I hope I'm pronouncing that right and what it literally means is to be in conversation or to be in dialogue and so the photo he shared was two shadows of two people and that the sort of closeness of connect but it's 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 an expression of um it's not just to be talking with somebody it's to be in dialogue and deep connection with somebody but Irish is exceptionally difficult to pronounce. Like, Happy New Year is an absolute mouthful. And all of we faushe of or dit, if it's just a one person. And it's hard to get your head around. And so, there are so many battles when we're learning Irish in school. We've got two languages that look the same. We're trying to learn massive two languages at the age of five. We actually learn Irish for 14 years in school and can't speak it. The pronunciation is very difficult. If you put letters or, you know, this is, again, like I'm showing here my lack because I don't understand English grammar, never mind Irish grammar. You have to change the expression, like for New Year, if you're saying it to one person or you're saying it to many people. If you put a phrase in front, you often end up putting letters in front of words and depending on what the letter starts with. So you end up with M's and N's and so it totally changes the pronunciation of the words. So there's all this, you know, sort of taking place. And it's almost like just, just it becomes a lesson continually in grammar and not in any use or beauty of it or the actual expressions and the, the lyrical nature. And then you would think because it is such a cultural expression that you would do this through cultural arts. And you don't, like, it's. The, we've, there was a text for years that there used to be mass burnings of almost Peg Sayers, which was the most grim book ever. And many of the texts that I would have learned from the sort of poetry and stuff was just grim. So when I start to to search now and realise that there are people creating beautiful poems out there in Irish and I'm not actually able to read them, I feel a bit sad about that fact. And one of the other things that's really interesting for me is that knowing other people who have bilingual children. If you want to learn two languages simultaneously as a child from a young age, it's very important that one person consistently speaks those to you. So the mother speaks in her native tongue and perhaps the father is of different roots, so he speaks in his native tongue or, you know, whatever the dynamics are in in the partnership. One person consistently stays with their language and then they have an exposure, say, to the predominant language in the native lands. So if you really wanted to be bilingual in Irish, you would need to be speaking Irish from a young age at home consistently with one person absorbing that and being in dialogue and having a, an association of the language with a bond and that's what's really missing. So what so tends to happen is English is the first language for the predominant people here. Then we go into school and we're trying to learn literacy. And we're basically faced with Irish grammar. We're not faced with a bond to the Irish language. Then it just becomes something that you have to survive, basically. And I think I've always had a lot of difficulty with the fact that this is an exam subject. I've also had a lot of difficulty with the fact that the people who are teaching it are not passionate about it. I've had a difficulty with the fact that the Irish language prevents people from being primary school teachers when they don't have a passion for it. They're just going through the motions. And what I would really love to see is that we had almost like a SWAT team of people who were passionate about Irish and the context of the culture around it. Like I have been reintroducing myself through cultural people to the language, to myself again, recently. I would love those people to go in and for you to have the experience. The, the same experience I had with my grandfather when I, when I was, you know, eight and nine in school. And it was transforming and it did give me a passion for it. Since then, all I've encountered are obstacles to trying to learn it, which I find a tad unfortunate. If I do come across some good books and some good literature and so on, I I will share those over the next while. But I think it's important to realise that it's based in expressions. It's, It's not based in just translating words. And that is so much what we've been doing in this country. We've been translating documents for the sake of keeping something alive in a formal context rather than in a passionate one.